0: Welcome to episode 9 of the Swamp Flicks podcast. This is the special hangover edition. <laughs> uh. Just about two blocks away from here, James and I went to a uh, wrestling show at a bar last night. Quote the Raven, nevermore! <laughs> Raven was there. Um, so we're a little hoarse, we're a little um, slow to talk <laughs> in some ways. It's going to be an interesting episode. Yeah. Not firing on all cylinders this morning. <laughs> that wrestling thing was awesome, though. It was, it,
1: yeah.
0: was, it was a really good time. I don't think I've ever seen a wrestler get behind a bar and hit someone with a cooler door before. That was definitely a a new thing for me.
1: Also seeing someone getting thrown into one of those punching games. Yeah, like
0: one of those carnival games where you punch the uh, punching bag to see how strong you are, like bash somebody's head against (laughs) one of those. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, Today we're going to talk about um, a movie from the 20s, and we're going to talk about some movies from last year. Uh, Before we get into that, um, have you seen anything particularly great since the last time we talked? Oh, I've
1: been on a big, like, French New Wave extremism oh, yeah. kick. So, like, uh, yeah, Martyrs, which I actually think I might make you watch. Yeah, I'm a little next, terrified of that. I, I think I'm going to make you watch it in <laughs> the next episode. But, yeah, Martyrs, Frontiers, um, Inside, quite a few of those. Are, Would you say Martyrs is your
0: favorite? Out of Martyrs
1: and Inside are
0: by far... The two best I saw. That's badass. So what about you? Uh, on Friday, I went to go see Neon Demon, the new ref oh, movie. Oh, was that good? That's uh, the best thing I've seen all year. Really? Yeah, it's like super uncomfortable because uh, it's just like offensive. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like this exquisitely beautiful work of art, and it's very funny in a way I didn't expect. And then the last like it's kind of like Beyond the Black Rainbow, like it's very abstract and like slow. Mm-hmm. And then the last like ten minutes, it turns into this like genre horror film. Which oh, you know cool. I love that kind of shit. Yeah, and I I love all of his other movies too. Yeah. do you like yeah. Only God Forgives?
1: I, I was conflicted about that one. Yeah, me too. Honestly,
0: this Neon Demon sort of seemed like in that same vein. It's kind bit. of halfway between that one and Drive, just from the uh, Los Angeles like neon lights uh, uh-huh. look they have, um, but it's got Only God Forgives pace, and it's like cruel in the same way that that movie is. Interesting. But it's 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 the best thing I've ever seen from him, and you know I watch Drive like on repeat. So cool! I'll <clears throat> definitely have to check that out. Um, but yeah, today we're, I'm making James watch uh, the 1926 Japanese horror film A Page of Madness uh, before, well, maybe after we get into that. Um, then our friend Hannah's going to come back on. She was on our Women in Captivity episode, uh, and we're going to talk about the best movies from last year that we've seen since we made our top of the year list because it always takes a little while to catch up on those. Yeah, um, And all that's kind of up to you right now. now. Now it's time for our movie in the minute section. Uh, this is where James and I bounce back and forth recommending films to each other. Uh, this time I got to pick the movie, and I chose *A Page of Madness*, which is a 1926 silent Japanese horror film. Uh, it's got an interesting backstory. It was it was released in 1926, but then lost for about 40 years, I believe, uh 45 years. Um, the director found a print of his film. Uh, and basically recut it back together in the early 70s. It's difficult to tell exactly how different the cut you're watching is now because the original print was three hours long and the one that exists today is only an hour. So there's two hours (laughs) of missing footage. Uh, He also... It's suspected that he did that on purpose and that he cut it down to make it move faster and to make it more disorienting than it already was. Another thing about it is when they used to play it in uh, Japanese theaters, uh, they would have these um, storytelling actors that would basically act out characters' emotions uh, and explain things that were happening in characters' heads, and you don't get that today as an audience watching this film at home. So there's no intercut dialogue. It's just a flood of imagery uh, basically set in a um, madhouse in a mental hospital, um, the movie starts with, uh, like, a literal flood, just rain pouring, uh, characters sort of dancing for no one in particular, uh, hallucinating outside of their jail cells, and then the, all these, like, jail cell bars kind of hatch on top of each other. And then there's weird jazz imagery uh, where, like, instruments uh, pop up on the screen. It's very difficult to piece together the story of this film. Uh, a bas- the basic outline is that a janitor... Uh, is kind of trying to break his wife out of uh, a mental hospital, um, and he's sort of like undercover working there, uh, trying to spring her free. She has no interest in leaving because her mind is completely gone. Uh, but just trying to piece together those couple sentences of plot is difficult because this movie is such a bewildering mess. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I gotta just ask James up front, uh, what did you think of the film? I, I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I'm. You know
1: I haven't watched a whole lot of silent films to be honest but this is definitely one of the best ones that I've seen and I actually really liked that there weren't those um, intertitles intertitles because you know it's a film about madness and when you don't have those kind of clues as to what's going on in the plot you feel a little crazy watching it you know you're flooded with like you said, all these different images kind of layered on top of each other. You don't quite know their meaning. And so, yeah, it just, you really feel like you might be, like, hallucinating yeah. watching the film. And I really loved the music, oh, in yeah. The, yeah. which I know, you know, you played for the, the intro or whatever. But yeah. uh, the music was, like, really good, like, almost free jazz You know, I know this came out in like the late 20s You know, when I guess jazz was really starting to become popular But I really liked the music The images were like very bizarre But they like kind of work their way into your brain And um, yeah, I I, I really liked it It kind of reminded me of the few silent films I've seen The like German expressionist kind of Like it reminded me a lot of that And the fact that like, when you're watching it, the janitor is kind of experiencing time like all at once. So he's like thinking about the past, like they'll jump to like a memory and then they'll jump to like a hallucination and then they'll jump to like present, you know, present day. So it's kind of everything happening like all at once and, and also with. Comparison to the German Expressionists, it's like uh, Very psychological, Mm -hmm. I guess like his like inner emotions and memories um, Kind of put out there it so
0: yeah, I I really I really liked it. I mean, I'll say uh, The movie definitely does a great job of altering how you are thinking Mm -hmm. like it uh, It commands this sort of pace where sometimes it slows down and like drags out and then there's just this flood of, like, frenzy, and it's so hard to, like, just even, like, pay attention to what's happening because it's so kinetic. Yeah. Um, and I think they uh, sort of, like, hammer out and, like, stretch out and mirror and bend images uh, that sort of um, disrupt your, like, A to B logical progression. And like you said, they kind of mix hallucination in with memory, so it's kind of hard to tell what's happening uh, minute to minute. But... Uh, that kind of goes into um, the the group that the director was working with in the 20s was called um, the School of New Perceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their goal was to, uh, quote-unquote, overcome naturalistic representation.
1: Right, and that's a lot of the Japanese films that I've seen do tend to be very, like, real and natural. Um, so it's kind of cool to see something that was so like out there and avant-garde and just weird yeah um and again like i i couldn't help like while i was watching i was like man i feel like i don't know what it's like to have a mental illness to have like schizophrenia Mm. but it sort of feels like that's what it would be like like there's periods where everything's okay and then all of a sudden you get these like crazy hallucinations and you don't know what's real and your logical thinking kind of breaks down. Yeah. And, th- I mean, that's what really stuck out to me. is like, wow, this is, like, one of the best films kind of about being insane that I've really ever seen. And the fact that it came out in the, like, late
0: 20s, I don't know. just Yeah, I, I know you were liking it to um, German Expressionism stuff, from the, also from the 20s, but honestly, like, <clears throat> it seems more... In line with uh, more recent weird movies, like I don't know, I was thinking like Tetsuo, the Iron Man, mm-hmm. and like Eraserhead. Like there's this kind of uh, it feels anachronistic that this movie was released in the twenties. Yeah, which I think I think that gives a little credence to the idea that the director might have played with what he found afterwards and kind of recut it into yeah. what, whatever exists now. But yeah, I think if this movie would have been made
1: like in the '60s, it would be a like cult classic. Yeah, very much, but. Just given the you know the fact that it's a silent film it's it's gonna be hard for some people to get in to that, but again it's the music is so good that it kind of draws you in even though it is a silent film, and the story is really kind of poignant too, like once you kind of figure out what's going on, the fact that this guy is trying to rescue his wife, but she doesn't want to be saved, yeah, like she's happy in the madhouse. It's, like, comforting. It's safe for her. And then towards the end, I don't know if you remember the scene with, like, the masks. Oh, I mean, how can you forget that? Yeah, it's so great. And it's kind of like, to me, it was like, he's sort of the crazy person. Yeah, he
0: definitely loses his mind over the course of the movie. Yeah. Uh, And you can see it uh, in the couple riot scenes where he just gets gets overcome uh, by all the other madhouse people. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a look of recognition after the masks um, which I don't even know if that happened. But uh, I don't know what happened in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's a look of recognition between him and uh, supposedly the most uh, insane person in the asylum. They kind of like nod to each other. Yeah. That he's like kind of on the same page as him now. Uh, So if there's any kind of progress over the course of the movie, I think it is him losing his mind along with everyone else.
1: Yeah, I mean he already works in the madhouse it's just right. like he finally becomes one of the you know patients
0: that uh that mask scene is so beautiful he just like walks around with a, b- a basket of masks and hands it over to people and they just sort of silently mug for the camera in these creepy like porcelain doll faces yeah and i want to say it's only like it's less than a minute long it's like maybe 30 seconds of, of the masks but it leaves a really Yeah short that imprint. was
1: definitely like an image that stuck with me after watching it i mean there was a few different Images like that, that kind of just, like I said, they just stick in your brain, even though you don't quite understand, like, what it all means.
0: I love that opening uh, image of the woman in her, like, ceremonial gown dancing, uh, some kind of weird performance, in front of this giant industrial spinning ball. Mm -hmm. I don't know what was happening there, but it looked so gorgeous. Yeah, and just like you had talked about earlier with the,
1: the jail bars... There's a part where they're like kind of, t- there's like a texture because there's like multiple bars layered on top of each other and just like really cool experimental stuff.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I I'm kind of curious what the music would have sounded like uh, in the '20s versus what we hear now uh, mm-hmm. with like the the more acceptable like new print. Um, just because it does sound uh, like you said it do- it sounds like '20s jazz, but it also reminded me more of. Um, noise music like maybe like shushu or something like there's some kind of like it seemed like very ahead of its time oh, totally and, and you know the film itself but
1: also the music it's just like it blew my mind that it was made so long
0: ago because it still seems like on the cutting edge yeah but at the same time this seems like the kind of movie that like let's say you go see like a metal band at like a living room show uh this seems like the kind of thing that would be played on the wall. In the background, just because like uh, it's got kind of a music video like weirdness to it, so it seems like you could almost supplant the music to other things, mm-hmm. just because it doesn't um, necessarily react to it. Doesn't really correlate with the images, uh, like no, there's it, shots of like drums and horns, but the drums and horns on the soundtrack don't come until another time. Right. It's like so disassociated. It, yeah,
1: there's like a dis- disconnect between because a lot of times, like you said, the music will match up. With what we're seeing on screen, but with this, it's like two separate entities, kind of doing their own thing, and it again, it just all of it adds to that effect of disorientation, which I think is like kind of what makes the movie so effective. Uh, Do you know what's going on with uh, his children? Like, uh... well, I know his daughter. His daughter comes to visit, right? Right, Um, and then there's some flashback seeing to kind of establish like it seemed like she drowned their
0: son, and that's how she ended up in the hospital, but I don't know yeah. if that's true,
1: yeah i that's what I thought too watching it um but I don't know if that's yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's true or not that's that's kind of what I picked up on, Because, okay. yeah, there was a a pretty like um pretty obvious scene where yeah, it looks like she's drowning.
0: The baby, So I, I think that's probably why she was... But then there's other scenes where, like, there's a... she dr- There is a scene where she drowns the baby, literally. Right. Uh, but then there's another boy that's, like, their young son that's, like, probably nine years old.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is... I, I, think, I don't know. Like, maybe they had two kids and she also killed that one? Like, I have no idea what's going on. And it, that's... I mean, I don't think you're supposed to. <laughs> know, you know, it's
1: definitely up for interpretation. I don't know about the other son, but I definitely think... Her being in the madhouse is because she drowned the baby. Yeah. Which, but you also don't know was she mad before she drowned the baby, or was her drowning the baby what led to her going crazy? Yeah. You know,
0: it's it's tough to say, and and it's hard it's hard um, to really like praise the movies like view on mental illness. Like I don't think it's a very nuanced uh, version of like what madness looks like. Just cause, like you know, it it it's an older uh, film, so it's like this. This is what crazy people look like. They're all criminally insane. But but no, but I I don't know. I didn't take it like that. I took it
1: by the end when the the janitor, like like you said, he has that look of recognition with the other guy. It's basically I thought it was saying like we're all mad, right, to some degree. Like these people, or at least aren't, have the potential. Yeah, and like these people aren't like. Non-human, They're not separate from us. Like, we're all kind of human beings, and we all have a little bit of madness within and, us. And it's
0: definitely sympathetic. Like, there's a um, scene where this woman is bouncing, I believe, like a bottle cap on her head. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's imagining that she's in a mirror, and the bottle cap is this beautiful uh, bun of hair. And she looks gorgeous, but actually she's, like, living in this decrepit uh, jail cell. Uh, and one of the nurses is, like, in the corner laughing at her. Yeah. And you definitely sympathize with the hallucinating woman, not with the piece of shit nurse who's like... Well, because it's like that's her, like, her perception is reality.
1: If that's what she thinks is going on, yeah. to her, like, that's real and true. So, like, again, I think that's how mental illness should kind of be viewed. It's not like we should enforce what's normal on people with mental illness we should try to understand like no this is what they're experiencing this is reality for them like it's just a different way of looking at it and I did think the movie was pretty sympathetic actually in that yeah I think it's
0: sympathetic I just don't necessarily think it's like nuanced in any way like I think it's like I think it's like an either or like you know there's like different variations of mental illness like there's like uh, seasonal depression and like uh, Mm -hmm. stuff like that this it's like you're either like fucking crazy and don't know what's right. going on in your life or you're just like uh, a, yeah. a hospital worker You
1: know, I, I think in, in the end though like this movie you should really just kind of watch it and just kind of let the images like take over you yes. like not think too much about it just let the music and the images like kind of work their magic and don't overthink you know these kind of things which are interesting but I, I think the movie works better when you just kind of accept it and it's almost like a music
0: video in that way I think like it's it's just pure sound and image uh pleasure Mm -hmm. um if if anybody out there like is really into you know just disturbing art films like this is a must-see yeah
1: no I would definitely recommend it to anyone that's like yeah into that experimental or avant-garde style of filmmaking like definitely you want to check this out i
0: would also love to see like a sort of criterion uh restoration to make it a little crisper because the cut i saw was a little little fuzzy but
1: yeah like yeah we both i think watched it on youtube yeah and yeah the and also i'd like to see the full like three hour i mean that's not gonna happen i know it's not (laughs) but that would be interesting to see like how he cut it down to this
0: kind of very tight chaotic film. But yeah, it's, it's so frustrating because people used to not think of movies as something that you want to store. Uh, so there's like so much early Japanese cinema that's just lost. Uh, I mean, also European cinema as well, but it's, it's it's just an interesting thing that so much of it's just never going to be seen. Yeah, uh, I've been watching a lot of silent horror stuff lately, and I definitely think this is like the best one I've seen so far.
1: Yeah, I, I'm glad you uh, recommended it, because I did enjoy it. Like I said, I haven't seen a ton of silent horror films, but i definitely want to delve more into it because this was really good. Awesome. Let's check it out.
2: are being recorded, numbers, locations, names, dates, times, directions. Massive amounts of data are being collected and stored. And what kind of information is this? Fragmented conversations full of jump cuts and distortions. And what are the stories that emerge from these fragments? And why are they being collected? And it's only when you commit a crime that the data is put together and your story is reconstructed backwards. A portrait of you made up of data trails. The places you went. The things you bought. The pictures you took. The emails you sent. And like Kierkegaard said, life can only be understood backwards. But it must be lived forwards.
0: And now we're going to talk about some movies from 2015, a little more recent than A Page of Madness. Uh, We did our top of the year list in January. Uh, I think it was our very first episode. And... There's always movies that you mean to see before you do your end-of-the-year list, and it never feels quite right to like s- put a stamp on the year and say it's over with. Um, but So, in the, in the months since then, we've probably seen uh, a few movies from last year that are worth talking about, that sort of slip through the cracks. Uh, our friend Hannah's coming back. Hello! Hey! <laughs> she was on uh, our Women in Captivity episode. Yeah. Um, so, I guess I just want to start with you. What was uh, some movies you've seen from, from last year that...
3: Uh, well, James and I both went to a pre Oscar showing of four movies. Mm-hmm. There's half of the Oscars roster. Um, so we saw Room and. What were the, what were the other uh, ones? Well, we Mad saw Max.
1: Mad Max, which I had already seen, but Room, um,
3: Bridge of Spies. Bridge of
1: Spies. Yeah. Oh, how was that? I liked it. It was probably yeah. my least favorite of. The best picture nominees that I saw? I know you saw like Spotlight and some of the ones I didn't see, but I don't know. It was like a very, um, very well done kind of, you know, noir, like historical kind of film. But
3: yeah, political
1: thriller. But uh, it just didn't really grab me in the same way that the other ones did. I actually had like no interest in it until I learned that Joel and Ethan Cohen wrote it. I was like, oh. I could get into that. No, and it was like very well written. Yeah. Uh the story was like really cool. It's just I guess for me the reason it wasn't one of my favorites it was it's just not my like kind of movie. Yeah. Really? It's like a dad
0: movie? <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> yeah, I a dad would movie. I would
1: say that. But uh
3: I feel like though it was like one of the best dad movies of all yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> for being a
1: dad movie it was really, really good and it had some nice little surprises.
3: Yeah.
0: In there, I know Mark Rylance was supposed to be very good at it. The uh, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: The, the sp- I, I guess he is the spy, right? the spy. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. How
0: does that Oscar thing work? Like they, you buy a ticket, or you buy like multiple tickets. You
3: you buy. So they had three events. One of them um, was for four movies. So the one, ones that we saw, and then the next weekend, I think, for the next four movies, and those were both about ten hours. Oh and wow! Then, yeah, and then there's another one. I think it's like the day before the Oscars and it's all the movies.
0: How much does this cost? The,
3: I think our, our ticket was like $35. That's $35. not bad. No, yeah. It, yeah, it was super reasonable. I mean, when
0: you
1: think like what movies now are like 12, 12 bucks, bucks. Yeah. so four movies. So you are saving. It's something that I I definitely like you don't want to sit in a movie theater for 10 hours like yeah. all the time, but doing it on that one day, it was really fun. Yeah. And something I really appreciated. About it was like the way that they late um, the order of the movies like really made sense. it Was programmed well. Yeah. Yeah. So it like started with Bridge of Spies, and then Room, Room which is like very emotionally draining. Yeah. And then it was Mad Max, so it's like you know some eye candy, mm-hmm. and then I very it, energetic. Yeah, and then
0: yeah. it ended with uh, the Big Short. The Big Short. I have yeah. not seen that yet, but it's on Netflix now. Is it? Yeah. Oh,
3: okay. It was... Um, I actually We did not see that one.
0: We
1: skipped out on that. What? See, <laughs> yeah. We skipped out on that to see The Witch. Oh, well, good, good yeah. going there. Yeah.
3: yeah, and that was actually a good, like, final entry, so it, it kind
0: of... The, the last scene in The Witch definitely leaves you with, like, a great oh, feeling to walk away from the theater. Like, yeah.
3: It's very yeah. transcendent. Rising up.
0: Did you have a favorite from that package, or...?
3: Um, I think... Mad Max, which is, I actually saw Mad Max in 2015, so it kind of Oh okay. That's worth but, seeing twice. Yeah, oh, I, absolutely. And I saw it outside of theaters the first time, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that I did because it's so fast-paced, you kind of don't really know what's going on necessarily, mm-hmm. or you're just yeah. just barely grasping it. Um, so to see it in theaters with kind of a background of what was happening was amazing. Yeah,
1: I mean, I had, like, watched
0: it on the computer the yeah. first time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then to see it on the big screen it's like yes this is how this movie I saw it twice was... in the theater I saw it once in 2D and then went back and saw it in 3D oh. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I'd say out of the ones I saw though, the one that really kind of surprised me was Room yeah. like, I wasn't really expecting to for it to like really affect me mm-hmm. as much as it did Ugh. but I, I really loved how it, it it's not all just them in the room like mm-hmm. you know being abused or whatever it's just like you know half of the movie is them on the outside just trying to cope with getting back to normalcy and all that and i thought that was like a really really good yeah kind of i mean we, we already structure. argued about that <laughs> we argued about that little
0: bit uh, yeah, yeah, on the episode <laughs> 6 or whatever yeah uh, You know, I I just really appreciated that, like, perspective from inside the room. And I just thought it was, like, really special stuff. Yeah. Uh, I I think the movie kind of loses it a little bit. Well, Uh it's like, that's, like, kind of the
1: fantasy. And then the second half of the movie, you're, like, back to reality sort of thing. But
0: I I mean... (laughs) Those two performances are pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Crying like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And uh, since the movie left the theater, I watched... uh, uh, United States of Tara with Brie oh. Larson on it mm-hmm. and it's fucking crazy to like go back and like see her normal personality yeah I mean she's playing like she's playing a bright and bubbly character on Tara but uh, to see that versus Ma like I don't think I appreciated her performance as much without that context
1: yeah have, have you seen short term 12
0: no I heard she's really good she's in that she's really good you should check that yeah. out yeah I know that's like one of Nathan Raven's like favorite movies from the last few years yeah
1: cause I know he like grew up in a Foster home, yeah, yeah, and oh man, that's another another
0: one. Like, get your yeah. yeah if you yeah, no. actually, if you yeah. want to cry, just read his review of that movie. Like, it's pretty oh. special stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else uh, besides that Oscar package or?
3: Um, well,
0: you saw Spotlight. I haven't seen that yet.
3: Yeah, I mean, and I saw Spotlight in theaters, but um, uh, that well, I really liked Spotlight. Actually, okay, I, I did feel like. I guess it felt like the logical choice for a best picture person. Mm-hmm. Like it, a lot of um, documentaries, especially or like um, biopics, mm-hmm. especially when it's about something that's um, so sensitive, they tend to turn, um, for instance, the reporters into these heroes that are kind of um, battling against outside forces that are kind of constructed for the movie, not necessarily um, happened in real life, but Mm -hmm. I felt like Spotlight was a very, um, honest depiction of what happened, probably.
0: That's another one that's coming to Netflix soon, so I, I, I I kind of regret holding out, but it's gonna be convenient to watch it now, so no no excuse, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: Um, I, I heard it, I heard just, like, a lot of the reason it got so much attention was because it's about, uh, sort of day-to-day journalism and, like, that process, so a lot of like critics and journalists who would be writing about movies like sort of connected with it more than yeah like, that's true. most people would yeah um, it's, it's, it looks interesting
3: yeah and I think I think that its focus on print journal journalism also is I mean since so much of our news is from the internet and kind of like these flashy sensationalist the flashy. yeah exactly it was really nice to see kind of like hardworking Bostonians
0: doing yeah their news working thing. for like what years or months. Uh, Year, yeah, I think, years on like one story. Yeah, that's crazy.
3: Yeah, and and trying so hard to focus on getting the story exactly right and not like there were no leaks to anybody about what was going on. They wanted to really like um, keep it contained and do do the right thing. anyway. That's yeah, awesome. It was really good.
0: Uh, anything else you've seen? I know uh... I saw the Revenant. Yeah, uh, how do you th- how do you feel about the Revenant? I mean, I loved it, but I I would. Expect that you didn't care for it as much as I did. <laughs> uh, right? I liked it, and I know you and I went to go see Birdman together, and we both had a negative we both reaction. Did not that. Like Birdman. Uh, like, I think this is better than Birdman. Oh yeah, for sure. But I could have dealt with about ninety percent less of Leo crawling and gurgling blood. Uh, but that's th- and whispering about m- mothers and the stars. It had kind of like <laughs> a tree of life. Well, that uh, that's aspect. that's kind of the part I didn't really
1: dig. Was like the spiritual aspect like you could have left that out I actually I get that some people didn't like it because it was like a hyper masculine oh that too story just like (laughs) it's a bunch of dudes and like you said half the movie or most of the movie Leo's just crawling around in mud and blood everywhere and I could see how that would like and it's Fucking long too. It's like yeah, it's, almost three hours. You could
0: have cut out an hour of just him gurgling blood and crawling, and,
1: and but I guess it, I, I really like the the backstory though. As far as like they actually shot it on location mm-hmm. in the in the like winter, you know, and the actors were actually going through a lot of this physical stuff. But one I don't know. One thing I find a little problematic about it is that you know the fact that Leo he won best. Actor? I believe so, yeah. Um, to me his performance wasn't that great. It's just like if you put an actual human being through crap, like the director forced him to like swim through yeah. freezing water, Ugh. is that really like a performance or you're just filming his like natural reaction to you know, something that's very painful. Like, it doesn't
0: seem like acting to me. I hate that last shot of the movie where he stares directly in the camera. It looks like he's looking at the Oscar people. Like, what more do you want from me? (laughs) Right. I've, I've given you everything.
1: Yeah, and it's, there's a weird thing, like, people, like, I think they, like, like performances more if they know that the actor went through, like, a physical, like, transformation. Like, you know, if an actor loses a bunch of weight for a role or he gains a bunch of weight that gets them, like, recognition, like, oh, look at how much they care about their craft, Mm -hmm. and to me, that's not what, uh, like, best actor should be about.
3: Well, do you think if it was someone besides Leonardo DiCaprio, he would have gotten best actor? Like, I think part of it was that it was Leonardo DiCaprio, and he hasn't gotten...
0: Well, the way that Oscars work is that you have, like, a team of publicists that basically, um, it's almost like a political campaign. Like, they go around, like, on your behalf talking to people Lobby's. who vote yeah. yeah and they try to construct this story uh, so that's definitely part of the process they're like oh he's been doing all this great yeah. work and this is like uh, so you know it, it that's definitely part of it I I actually like Tom Hardy a lot more he was great. in the movie like I
1: just like him in general but I mean a lot of the shots are just gorgeous oh like, yeah Lubieski
0: no... is one of the greatest cinematographers like ever
1: yeah there's no and there's no denying that and it is there's some Awesome action scene, mm-hmm. you know, with the grizzly bear and with a uh, horse going fun. over the cliff and just <laughs> really awesome shit, but it was a little too
0: long and a little too, like, painful. I'll tell you what my favorite part of this movie is it's the uh, supernatural revenge thriller that, that's kind of in the middle of it. Like, he is dead. He's not alive, or he, like, he mm-hmm. should be anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so to, like, basically after his body's expired for him to like have the will to like crawl back and get his revenge uh is pretty um, like amazing uh and that final yeah. knife fight reminded me a lot of um what's that benicio del toro uh one uh, uh tommy lee jones is a freaking the freaking hun- movie the hunter yeah something like that right? yeah i think so or uh, the hunted so, yeah that sounds right um yeah there's like there's like a brutality to it that's pretty interesting um i liked it i wasn't like yeah I'll never have to watch it again <laughs> yeah it, I, I
1: found a weird kind of parallel with that in Mad Max mm-hmm. how Mad Max is like sort of the same basic story like it's just a journey but it's like centered around the feminine like around a group of women it is it, you got Charlize Theron oh I thought you were saying The Revenant was no, also, no, no, also <laughs> that way I was like, no 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 <laughs> but The Revenant is like the opposite oh, okay. of that it's like hyper masculine whereas Mad Max had like
0: a femininity to it that I really appreciated. Um, would you go back and like maybe put The Revenant on one of your favorite movies from last year list? Or? I feel like I would
1: have to like put it in the top ten just for pure like the cinematography. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I saw another movie that looked like that great. Yeah, honestly, but it wouldn't be in my like top five. It'd probably be at the low
0: low end of my top ten. Do y'all have any movie? Do you have any movies that you would put?
3: Well, up there, I—I I mean, Amy won. Oh, Amy was great. Doc- yeah, I mean, it yeah. won best documentary at the Oscars. I really so liked I should... it. I
1: was surprised how much I yeah. liked it because you know I wasn't a huge fan of her music beforehand, but man, it was heartbreaking. Yeah,
3: and I had never really seen—I um, mean, I think that that's a common kind of documentary to make, like the um, super popular artist, and then they have a you know kind of downfall on that. I'd never really seen a documentary like that, so I think just the freshness of that idea yeah. hit me hard. But I thought like it was a super important um, movie to make.
0: I, I like how it's like an indictment of the audience. Like, yeah,
3: exactly. For
0: you to like want to see this girl's story,
3: mm-hmm. to
0: have that impulse to like know her personal life is like part of the reason she's dead. Yeah, which is exactly. like really fucked up.
1: And you and you see throughout the whole movie the people around her exploiting her and oh, using her, dad her. Is and, a, and her dad is like piece of crap. Yeah. And yeah, and there's a little bit of that too. As uh, an audience member, you're kind of participating. Yeah. And that, but um,
0: an- another thing I liked about that movie was the uh, the um, digital photography, like cam pho- like camera pictures from like flip phones and stuff. Yeah. Uh, just like turning the way people document their lives now into like its own form of art was pretty interesting. Yeah. It, there's a lot of different versions of her life on camera. Uh, it's it, it's just an interesting new thing to see on a on big screen.
3: Yeah. That was, like, especially in the beginning when they're showing all of the the videos of her, like, that her friends took in mm-hmm. the car, and she's just kind of like, I don't know, fucking around with people. And that was, like, so... It felt so similar to how I was growing up with my friends, and then she kind of yeah goes on this. Also, I remember being in, like, middle school or high school when rehab came uh, out, yeah. and said so, like, me and all my friends would sing it all the time, and we had no idea... Like what? You know, <laughs> just, uh, just a really super
0: fucked up um, song. And I mean, she, her, just her voice is really powerful. Like, oh yeah, that's she's
3: really an easy. That's the thing. Singer. Watching
1: it too is like I appreciated her much more as a singer. Yeah. Yeah. After watching, because when she like is focused and really brings it, like she's
0: awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know. How do y'all feel about the on-screen lyrics? That was like the one kind of like. Uh, just um, one yeah. thing that kind of turned me off a little bit because mm-hmm. it's like such an ugly text.
3: Yeah, it was super, like, it almost looked like, I like papyrus the kind of.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. super... I like the idea of it, yeah. but the execution... Yeah, it's kind of weird. It was a little distracting.
3: It was, I mean, it's interesting to see, to see her lyrics put up as if she's kind of writing them. And, it, like, it does make it more personal to me to see, like, her how her process would have yeah. gone in creating it. But... they probably could have done it a little bit more elegantly
0: well um a couple movies uh I might have considered for like my list after the fact um we already talked about like uh one was The Boy that uh made your top five list Mm -hmm. oh Uh, yeah it was really good
3: Yeah.
0: yeah uh very dark stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and and it does this thing that I like um it's this is kind of on my mind cuz I was just I just saw the Neon Demon the other day. But like I like him when a movie is the slow moving art glacial film yeah. and then at the end just turns into a genre picture, which yeah. the boy totally just like becomes a horror movie at the last second. Yeah, it's like
1: very kind of meditative for the first half. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of watching the boy, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. And then yeah, that last Section it's just like a straight up horror movie. Kind and Rain Wilson puts in a fucking great performance there. Yeah, he's a really—I don't know—he surprises me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen him in films, and I'm not expecting to like his performance, and he usually like does a good job. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that because yeah, that was on my top five. And
0: I also really have have this like separate list I do just for campy movies, and I definitely would have put hashtag horror on there. Uh, which we already did a whole conversation about. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? Because I, I, I know you saw it as well.
3: Yeah. I Well, I really liked... Um, uh, I can't, Well, I kind of didn't like how negatively she portrayed... Children? Teenage, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Growing up as a girl is kind of hard enough as it is. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that um, it is kind of an honest... Um, well... Obviously, characterized depiction of. Yeah. Like, kind of the evilness and cruelty that's bred into.
0: There's, like, an emotional distance there. I don't think it's supposed to be uh, as much of an expose as it pretends to be. Yeah. I think it's got this, like, intentionally corny, like, after school special vibe to it mm-hmm. um, that kind of, like, it, it's hard for me to get mad at it for being so exploitative because it mm-hmm. knows exactly what it's doing. Yeah. it's it's definitely self aware. Yeah, that,
1: that sort of reminds me. I don't know if it came out last year, but that movie Unfriended. I loved
0: Unfriended. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I I really liked it too. But it's sort of the same thing. Like it's seems like it would be a maybe a message film, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but it's really not. It's just. It's not, a gimmick. Yeah, it's a gimmick, and you shouldn't read too much into it. Like, oh, he's being critical of social media and all this. Like, no, it's just a gimmick
0: to make a really good horror movie. And and both of those films, Hashtag Horror and uh, Unfriended, I like that uh, they're incorporating, you know, digital photography and, like, uh, computer speak. Uh, There's, like, emojis and stuff in Hashtag Horror. I like that they're turning these, like, garbage uh, visual forms into, like, high art in its own way.
3: And I thought the cinematography, like I, the cinematography in hashtag horror was way more interesting than I expected it oh, to yeah. be for just like a campy horror film, and then that kind of juxtaposed with the super, like colorful, bright, like bloody emoji. You know, that <laughs> interface was just like so bizarre.
0: Where like a hashtag is like stabbing the screen. Yeah.
3: Exa-
0: <laughs> uh, and that one does this pulls the same trick too, where it like uh, it's it feels kind of like a weird art film, and then in the yeah. last like. 15 minutes it just like turns into like every slasher you've ever seen in your yeah. life you know uh, but yeah th- th- I'm glad we already had like a longer convo about that uh, I-, I have three movies um, that we haven't covered here before D- did y'all see Carol?
3: no the new no, Todd Haynes
0: I... film? no mm-hmm. oh y'all would y'all would like that? Is that
3: does that have the, uh, the girl that was in Ex Machina?
0: No, that's That's Alicia Vikander. Um, Yeah. The one that was in uh, Carol was uh, Rooney Mara. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: Who was also in that awful Peter Pan movie last year, so she had, like, a very strange year. Uh, Yeah. I think Alicia Vikander was in a couple bad movies last year, too. It's kind of weird how that works out. Yeah. But, um, it's it's like a a slow, just gorgeous romance between two women Mm -hmm. uh, from the 50s in a time where that's not something they can do out in the open. Yeah. Uh, So, like... Everything's very subtle and quiet in it. Uh, like, you sort of detect what's going on between them just from glances and body language. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Um,
1: what else has Todd Haynes directed? I feel well, like I've
0: seen a few of his... One of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Velvet Goldmine. Did he also do Welcome to the Dollhouse? No, was that's... That... Uh, shit. Todd Solons. Oh, okay. That's yeah. I'm
1: sorry. That's what He's got saying.
0: a new movie coming out this year, by the way, called Wiener Dog. It's supposed to be pretty good. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah, that guy's messed up. <laughs> now, Todd Haynes uh, sort of alternates between doing these, like, really over-the-top, uh, just out-there pieces, and then these, like, subtle uh, dramas, which Carol's definitely in that latter category. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one and Room kind of, to me, are kind of uh, unfairly put a lot of pressure on, because people want them to be so great, <laughs> like to like to like say it was like the best movie of the year i've heard some people say it's like the best movie they've ever seen i think it's a lot Mm -hmm. of unfair pressure on something that's just really like handsome and like
3: yeah
0: nice to look at and it's a a good solid romance um i also liked this rom-com last year called sleeping with other people
3: oh i did not see that but i did read your review of it oh
0: it's so good yeah um did did y'all see bachelorette from a few years ago yeah. Okay. It's the same direct writer director who's mm-hmm. uh, L- Leslie Headland or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Leslie Headland. She uh, does this thing where she turns these conventional genre movies into something much darker and weirder than what you would expect. And this mm-hmm. is pretty much just a straightforward rom com about two people falling in love, uh, despite. Not wanting to, uh, the, yeah. trying to remain friends and just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she turns it into like something really affecting and just, uh, mm-hmm. just intimate and it's it's definitely worth a watch if like if if you have any interest in like a good solid rom com.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and the the last one is something I'm definitely making James watch as soon as possible. Uh, it's called Heart of a Dog. Uh, oh,
1: I haven't even heard of that.
0: It's uh, Lori Anderson's. Um, new documentary. Uh, she's, like, one of my favorite musicians mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, it's a doc about her dog dying. Oh, yeah. It's, uh... But her husband died a couple of years before the movie was made. Uh, so it's it's kind of weird. She's, like, talking about his death through the dog in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I think you would like about it is that it's all based in philosophy and meditation and just, like, weird... Um, just uh, experiments with language and like the written word, which is what she's particularly great at in yeah. the first place. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely excited that to make really you watch, that. Yeah, it, watch that. really interesting. Yeah, watch that. Easily would have been in my like top five of the year if had, had I seen it. Um, I do
3: not think I could watch. Th- so does it? Do- it documents her dog.
0: Yeah, uh, the dog gets uh, old and like yeah. goes blind. Oh God. Uh, it's a li- it's pretty <laughs> oh, no. sad, but. At the same time, she abstracts it in this weird way yeah. where it opens up this whole world where she talks about, like, technophobia and, mm-hmm. like, ghosts and 9-11 and, like, it just, it's yeah. so much more than just watching this, yeah. like, dog die. No, I-
3: that sounds super interesting. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, we'll have to watch that God. soon. And it's definitely kind of like a page of madness, too, in that it's just like a flood of images and sounds, and you kind of just have to like submit to it. Yeah. Like, you're like, this is where she's taking me, and I'm just going to have to like follow along. Um, I definitely think it was one of the best movies from last year. i kind of sad that I missed it until now. Yeah. Cool. I want to check that out, for sure. That's <sighs> that's going to be in a couple episodes. I'm sure we're going to get into that. Cool. Um. Tell anything else you want to add before we're done?
1: Um... End of what the
0: else? tour? Yeah, End of the Tour. Uh, that was so good. I,
1: I really liked it. I um, Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of David Foster Wallace, but uh, to me it wasn't so... I mean, it obviously was about him, mm-hmm. but it was also really about the reporter, the Jesse Eisenberg character, and yeah. how he kind of emulates uh, Wallace, but I don't know. It was It was an interesting story about, like,
0: Kind of journalism, mm-hmm. sort you know, sort of like I guess spotlight a it's, little it, bit. It's about like uh, pretension too. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to be this uh, this like amazing artist, and he like ev- he uh, idolizes this writer, uh, but only because of like the celebrity involved with it. Like it's mm-hmm. not it's not really engaging with him in a real way. It's yeah. like late in the film. Yeah, and then he like tries to project
1: like kind of his image in the media onto him and. Wallace does not like go with that mm-hmm. at all like he seems like he was in real life like a very genuine person who just is incredibly smart which can come across as like pretentious I guess but he's actually not he's just like trying to be an everyday guy and I, I don't know it was like a very it was a very talkative yeah, movie it's very, and I, very dialogue heavy but I liked the dialogue and I thought you know he had interesting things to say and yeah, it probably would have... Maybe not made my top ten, but it was it was a really good movie.
3: One thing I did not see under the tour, but I did hear some people saying that the idea of a David Foster Wallace movie is interesting, but it would not be what David Foster Wallace... Would, like, if he knew there was a movie being made about him, he would, him, not he would like, be horrified. Yeah, yeah
1: and, that, well, and that actually kind of gets brought up in the movie itself. Yeah. Like, he doesn't like all this celebrity that's being put upon him, but yeah, making a film about him is just making him an even bigger celebrity, yeah. so it's like
0: kind of undermining what he really wanted. But I, I think it's a good way of getting around um, talking about Infinite Jest without trying to adapt it, which I'm sure would be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly.
1: I, I think there have been talks about possibly turning that into a movie, but no, this was much better. It was like about him as a person, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really liked it too. That's the only other one I can think of. How do you feel about the casting of uh, Wallace? I thought um, he did a great job. Yeah. What's uh, what's the actor's name again? Oh
0: man, he's a comedian actor. I cannot. It's I can't place it right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, he his performance is great. I actually did not care for Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> as much. Sometimes he just freaking annoys me. Like in this movie, I don't know. He, I thought. Well, so he had his mannerisms like down, mm-hmm. perfect in his manner of speaking and all that. It was a really good performance on that end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's all I can think of. Anybody else?
3: um, I did see, I did see Anomalisa, and it was Anomalisa, um, and I was super excited about it, and it, I thought it was interesting, but not as, not really. Um, as interesting as I wanted it
0: I'm on the same page yeah uh, I think people who love that movie maybe empathize with the protagonist a little more than I do that guy's an asshole yeah
3: he wasn't and that was like that was the main point of the movie to me like he was expecting everybody to be the special per- and then as but as you get to know people they all kind of right blended, <laughs> which it, and it's just I mean that's kind of a reality of life and um yeah, he was just a selfish asshole. Yeah. To me, the
0: ideas were definitely interesting. Yeah. And I really liked the uh, stop motion aspect of it.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it was it wasn't like true stop motion. It's it was like computer like CGI stop motion. Oh I really? Think. Yeah, they didn't actually use. Um, yeah, I think it was all computer generated. But I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Not hundred percent. Don't quote
0: me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, yeah I thought and I loved I really did like the um, lead woman character
0: I thought uh, oh what's that actress's name she's so good Um, she was also in uh, Hateful Eight last year
3: oh really yeah oh
0: man she plays the guitar I need to see that yeah that was another one Um, yeah it also has like the most uncomfortable sex scene I've seen in the theater (laughs) in a while just kind of awesome (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) yeah especially being like a kind of stop motion awkward Mm-hmm. <laughs> dolls. Yeah, it's just weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, the theater got so silent during that, which kind of Because <laughs> um, it takes it seriously. Like, it's a real, like, lovemaking yeah. scene, but you're watching these, like, two dolls. Oh, yeah. No, it's weird. No, it was super
3: cool. very honest depiction of, um, of sex. Very cool.
0: Well, uh, y'all have anything you want to promote today? Or I know we're all just kind of recovering from the wrestling <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly.
3: Um, well, going back... To school, so if anybody wants to send me money for textbooks, <laughs> please
0: help me. You also have that uh, Instagram page, right?
3: Yeah, I actually um, got a new one that's more um, trying to be more serious about it. Okay, not really, not but not serious, it just like no more um, photo collages of like sloth bears. Limit <laughs> <laughs> that to my other one. So, and that's just h dot H-dot-R-A-S-A-N-E-N.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, And other than that, just, we have reviews up every day on SwampFlix.com, so go check them out. Bye, everybody. Bye.
3: Bye.